patreon.com slash duckfeedtv Out! For those fireballs, Heartbeat City is taking your call suffering Duckfeedtv Somebody out there feels lonely, and we're here to help. Heartbeat City. This is Cozy Snugglefield. We're taking your calls, healing your hearts. Today I'm joined in the studio by Henry Gilbert and Bob Mackey of Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon. Hi. Ahoy, hoy. How are you folks doing? Oh, good. Doing okay. Good. I, mm-hmm. I followed the, uh, the the trail of banks that used to be Pizza Huts. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, those are really good landmarks. You got the way. email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also saw the, the, the just the row of Pizza Huts on that one street. I don't know what was happening in the 80s. I'm always worried about people finding the studio. I'm glad that's been <laughs> been so useful. Uh, Henry, how about you? How, how did you get here? Well, I mean, I tried to walk, but uh, there were just a lot of um, open sewage in the road. So I, I had to take a uh, lift the rest of the way. Came from the west. Yeah. Yeah. West side, yeah, that's yeah. What's but ha- what's uh, happening but I, on the west side, I, I do want to hose off my shoes later if I can in the bathroom. Absolutely, I'll give you the code. <laughs> it's just six nine six nine. Um, we've got your your questions here. We've got a letter uh, here actually, and I'll get us. Uh, we'll get started here. Hey, cozy. I have a job that I truly despise. I'm not being hyperbolic. It makes me absolutely miserable. The worst part of every day is waking up and knowing that I have to go to the office. When I go home at the end of the day, I sink into a state of depression, knowing that I only have a few hours to go before I have to go to bed and start all over again. I don't sleep because of the stress, and that makes me even more irritable. This is obviously creating a strain on my marriage. My wife just wants to enjoy her few hours with me, and I do as well. The problem is I just can't let myself stop thinking about the fact that I have to go in every single weekday to a job I truly hate. I've been trying for several years to get a job in a new industry, but all my experience is in this field. I even switched companies multiple times within this industry, hoping that the grass would be easier, grass would be greener, but it's always the same. I've come to the realization that this is my life, and with the direction the country is going, I won't have the ability to retire. I'll be doing this job until I die. I've tried being honest with my wife and explaining why I'm so stressed out and depressed, even on weekends. She just doesn't understand and assumes that I'm overreacting. She tells me that everyone hates their job. She doesn't understand how bad it really is for me on a day-to-day basis. I've tried hiding my feelings from her so I don't bring her down as well, but that just makes it worse. How do I keep my marriage going and my wife happy when I'm not in a position to feel happiness myself? With anxious anticipation, hopeless in Houston. Hmm. Well, uh, they didn't mention if they have kids, and that's a very important part of the equation. I'm going to assume that they don't because 
that would be something I assume they'd bring up mm-hmm. in this email. But, uh, I mean, Henry and I were there in that situation. We've, uh, enjoyed horrible jobs uh, yeah. that we, I mean, we're happy to not be at those jobs. I, I've <laughs> celebrated every day. I've now quit, uh, two jobs that made me too depressed to go on living. And I was lucky <laughs> enough to be with a partner at the time who said, I'll support you. This is a good idea. So, but uh, yeah, what, how do you how do you keep a relationship going when even before you had the option to to leave? How did you manage uh, a relationship when that was such a big part of your life? Mm. I guess. Boy, I, I mean, for this guy, I want to say that uh, I think there needs to be a serious talk about how this is affecting you mentally mm-hmm. um, and probably physically too. I mean, it's all it's all a big melange of horrible problems that are affecting your brain and body at the same time and. I, it's, it feels like I, I want to, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like there's some miscommunication here. And, um, there are a lot of people who believe like, yeah, every job sucks. Suck it up, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like work until you die. I don't want to think she's being that harsh. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the ethos of every job sucks. Everybody hates their job. Like it's, which I think that is a very American thing of feeling like, well, yeah, work sucks. What you going to do? Like that's how it is. And I, not to put words in their partner's mouth, but I do think, I do think it needs to not be as accepted like it, but that doesn't also fix your job. And it sounds like, you know, the first thing I would have said is like, can you get another job? Maybe it's just this office. Like I, I had degrees of terribleness, like, uh, at the website I worked at from 08 to 2015, I was unhappy there, but I still had some professional fulfillment. And then I went to another website that filled me with only dread and unhappiness and made me hate every second I came in. And I count myself very lucky that I was able to leave that, but that's not what everybody can do. And especially like in a marriage, it's, I, I wasn't in a relationship at the time. And so I could take a bigger risk of that. And now my, my husband, he, really approves of what I do at this time. And I try to be there for him when he has a hard job too. But I sometimes worry about oversharing that stuff too, or sharing the anxiety too much. Like it is uh, a friend of mine also talked about this of like, you want to share things with your partner and be able to, you know, talk about how what's going on in your life and your job is a huge part of it. But it's also like you worry. I definitely worry like how much, Am, am I now just making my partner feel bad because I feel bad? And is this fair to always do to my partner just because I'm unhappy at this job? Right. Yeah, there, there has to be a balance in the amount of space each partner is being asked to hold uh, mm-hmm. for the other. And what it sounds like here, if we take this as a given, uh, that there really is no way out. Right. Like if, mm-hmm. if Hopeless has tried very difficult, you know, very hard to get another job within that same industry, this is where his skills lie. Like the two things that make me, makes me think is one, um, if your partner, it is a problem if your partner is saying, suck it up and it's mm-hmm. this bad. Uh, and if you have expressed it the same way that you express it to us, that it is that serious and that intense, uh, then that becomes kind of a side issue. Like, Hey, you have to actually listen to me. This is non-negotiable. Like this is, we're married. Mm-hmm. This is my problem. It's a serious problem. It's our problem. You know, I need somebody who can support me on this. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like, we don't talk about doing ultimatums on this show, but it is a thing where, uh, that's important. This is a need mm-hmm. that's not being met and it should be treated, I think, as such. The other thing I would say is that, uh, if there are no kids, like to your point, Bob, is, uh, this might be a thing where it will be worth considering, uh, starting in a new industry. Mm-hmm. If it is this bad and all your experience is in this industry, uh, think about how much money is your happy is the possibility or capacity for happiness worth. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, hopeless mentions the fear of starting over again, and I 
don't know the specifics of your career, but like, this is just speaking from my experience, but there are, you know, parallel jobs or related jobs that even if you don't think that these skills completely transfer over, they, they might. And Mm -hmm. I know the byline is hopeless, but I would say Mm. you can have maybe just a little hope that you could find a, apply to jobs slightly outside of that. And at the very least, I think, the newness of it could excite you, even if it if it made you unhappy. Yeah, and my circumstances are very different than his, but I can tell you, like, um, all my life I wanted to be a writer. I went to college to be a writer. I went to grad school to be a writer. I was a writer for 10 years, and then I couldn't go anywhere or do anything with those skills. And I, and I barely write anymore, but I had to find... I had to find some other way to apply the knowledge I had to another medium, which is now now it's podcasting. And luckily, I was podcasting in a place I was writing at the same time. But I understand what it's like where it's like I I th- these are all my skills, and now what do I do with them? And right. that's the thing that makes me miserable. In my case, it was misery inducing because um, as a writer in the field I was in, no one respects you even if you're there for ten years. They're like, well, why aren't you a manager? Why aren't you this? Why right. aren't you that? You're still a, a writing schmo. So the lack of respect, the lack of pay. I enjoy writing, but. I needed more fulfillment right. in a and, place that would let me have a living wage to do it. And th- and that's the the tricky part. I think that a, a good takeaway from from that is also that Hopeless probably has more skills than than he thinks he does. Oh um, yeah, you know, like you, you can probably make more of a side road that may not be an exact parallel. Yeah, like it might be a you know a pay cut that isn't the same as starting over, but it might involve some lifestyle adjustment. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you probably have more skills than, than it seems like you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do want to say, I don't want to speak for Henry, but I feel like, uh, we had, we had a very bad job experience, but a lot of, a lot of the experience I, I've had at jobs were very much like our last job in which, um, <laughs> your bosses, despite their good intentions, they are there to make you feel lesser than they're made there to make you feel like you need us. Uh, they're there to disempower you, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is just the management style default. Mm-hmm. And since since we both left that job, I feel like we are much more confident people. We are much more um, proactive people. We believe in ourselves a lot more mm-hmm. because there's not someone there to tell us every day, like, no, you don't matter. Your skills don't matter. Do what I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just all the demoralizing well, stuff that goes with the job. So, yeah. I'm guessing this person has a, a similar experience in terms of yeah. just <clears throat> feeling bad. Yeah, I think uh, – when I was feeding my depression a bit and part of my hopelessness was thinking like, well, I'll never do better than this job. Like they're, they're right. I barely can hold on to this job. I'll never be hired at another place. Like, and you just, I'm not, I don't know if your bosses are intentionally doing that to you, but I do think like that fed into my hopelessness and getting a new job. But I also told myself like, well, but I can't, like you said to the pay cut thing, I also thought, well, but I might give up some of these benefits or I might give up uh, some of my pay, but I got paid a lot more. I got paid the best I did in my worst job. And when I left and, and was thinking like, oh, I'm making less now, but I would have paid that much to feel better. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. yeah. you can't have it all and that sucks. I should have and, been paid better and <laughs> been happy, but. And, and there yeah. might be, you know, and just again, assuming there aren't children, because at that point you're responsible for somebody else. But if there are no children, mm-hmm. you when I feel this kind of depressed, especially about job stuff, it's because I feel trapped. Um, you know, you're very rarely as trapped as you feel. Like, I think that's oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a, kind of a construct. So I would say the takeaways uh, would be kind of moving forward is one, take a very hard kind of examination of what skills you do have. Um, there may be ways to switch careers, switch lanes, um, even if that does involve some compromise. 
uh, two with your partner, um, who is not understanding this, like that is a need. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not telling you to go out and get a divorce. I'm not telling you to do anything drastic, but that is a need. That's a problem that feels endemic of something that will come up in, you know, what if you were very depressed about something else? And this is the response is just, that's how it always is. Um, for people that's normal. Um, you, it's, it's difficult to be with somebody whose response to you bearing your heart is that's actually just how it's supposed to be. Um, so not, that's something that can be worked through. It's not hopeless, uh, you know, but that's something to work through mm -hmm. and that might be worth, uh, having that serious conversation. And then if that doesn't go anywhere, maybe even looking at some kind of counseling, I would say, uh, just for that, because that's, that's a lot, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what you do at your job matters, uh, and how you spend most of your time matters. And that's going to impact your mood, which is going to impact everything. My name is Nicholas, and I've been in an online relationship with a girl from another continent for four years now. Our relationship is good and happy, despite being too poor to be. However, she is autism and thanks for taking her step once to get the stress. Right now, she's being quiet because an immediate family member has been hospitalized. It's something I can handle fine if this is what's fast. But as it stands, going days without getting even a time as she's alive really feels my anxiety. I don't want to make her feel worse by telling her how this affects me when there probably isn't anything she could do about it. How do I cope? So we had a, that uh, call broke up just a little bit, but to summarize the gist of it, um, you know, call her in a long distance relationship uh, that is largely online uh, and uh, the, their partner is having a problem with their family that is uh, requiring a lot of time and energy uh, and is not able to have the kind of touch, is not able to check in. Uh, the caller makes the caller anxious, and the caller wants to know how can uh, he address this and respond without becoming an additional source of stress to his partner. Mm -hmm. So um, based on what I know, I would say, uh, of course, your needs are important too, but there's also a, a lot going on here. And um, if if there is – I don't know when the situation will end or anything, but if there is some way she can contact you, that would be more low impact for her. There could be some sort of compromise there like – Maybe when she has downtime, that might not be when you have downtime. She can write you an email or find some other asynchronous. Yeah, and I, and I feel like this will not be a forever thing. It just might be something you will just have less less attention. Um, again, just more like low impact attention, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like there could be a solution depending on the severity of the problem. 
You know, I've, I've never been in a long distance relationship, so I can't speak to experience on that. Um, I do think, you know, in, when your partner's in, in like a family emergency type thing, it's just, you kind of just have to be there for them until it's over. And you hope that that never happens and you don't have to deal with it, but it kind of does. And it's just like, is, you kind of, I, I feel like though the, maybe this is my reaction to most things. Mm. You got to put your feelings in the back seat for a bit and just be like, you know what, this isn't my time to be sad. And hopefully, you know, the, it's what you. I also try to think like it's what I would want in the reverse situation. If I was going through a really hard time of you know a loss of a family member or a close friend, something like that, like. I, it would take all my energy to think about that, that it would be even harder to then think I wouldn't want to ignore a partner, but I'd also would hope that my partner would understand that like yeah. my focus can't be right, on right. our relationship right now. Yeah. yeah. And there, there might not be a compromise for this. There might not even be time to it write email. It might just email. be patience, yeah. you know, just, um, and you know, we don't know exactly how long it's been going on, but, um, this is the, the work of relationships, mm-hmm. you know, that you're being asked to do is to be patient and everything. I understand. Um, you know, I think that like being insecure gets kind of a bad name. I think it's naturally to be mildly insecure sometimes, you know, if you're used mm-hmm. to like, you want some reassurance, you know, you want th- that kind of object permanence to the oh, relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've, I've been in that. I've never had a long distance relationship, but I've had relationships that started and, and were largely online. Um, and I understand that, you know, a co- you get very used to that kind of check-in, a couple of days go by and you just want to make sure the person's still there and you guys are still cool. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's very human to take that lack of attention personally, even in a friendship where it's mm-hmm. like, well, why wasn't I invited to that? Or why didn't <laughs> they say hi to me? Or like, um, I haven't seen them in so long and they never, they never invite me to things. So right. it could just be like a number of issues. It might not be you, but it's a normal human thing to take it, something like that personally. You shouldn't feel bad if you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I would say in this case, like it is you know, relatively simple as far as, uh, because you know, something's going on. This isn't a question where, uh, your partner's just been quiet and you have a question mark. Like, you know, what's going on. You maybe don't know all of the details, but you can say like, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry you're going through that. Um, I'm here if you need me for anything. Uh, and then every few days, how are you doing? You know, are Mm -hmm. you doing okay? Uh, and just be there because, you know, like I said, this is the work. This is the yep. work part of the relationship and you want to be in a relationship where if this ever happens to you, to your point, Henry, like she would be there for you as well, or they would be there for you mm-hmm. as well. Yep. final letter. I listened to many of your shows for a while, so I decided to write. This is obviously not my actual email or name. I won't judge you for reading into that, whatever you will. The reason I write is because I just turned 30, and in all of my life, I've never been in any kind of relationship, never slept with anyone, not even kissed anyone, or had any kind of spark with anyone. It's not that I am asexual. I do have a type, and there have been people that I think that I have been that have been into me and people I've tried to engage with several times in my life. It just never happened. 
It's not something that keeps me awake at night, but it does affect me and I do get lonely. Not trying to ask for pity of any kind, but sincerely asking for advice. Is there something I've never figured out? Should I just not care about it and go on with life? Fingers crossed. Should I stop trying and be as happy as I can? Anyways, uh, thank you for the great shows. Keep up the good work. Yours in Maine. Hmm. Uh, well, this one really speaks to me because I also, I'm married now, but I actually barely had any relationships from age, like from my twenties into like 34. Like I kind of, uh, to go back to the workaholism or my work life, like part of my unhappiness at work was that I was just like, well, I should only put everything to work. No time for a social life. But also it was like, for me, it was a self-confidence thing of just like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to date. I, or just the fear of like a first date, just like froze me. And so instead I just gave myself to work. So this, I, I had a really similar experience to Maine here, but, um, I didn't give up, or I guess maybe to a degree I did just go like, eh, whatever, I've got pornography and, <laughs> and just, uh, and, de- and just deal with it. And it, it also felt like just, uh, an easier thing to do, but the lonely, the loneliness definitely got to me. And I think, you know, I hate saying this. It is a major cliche, but it just kind of, for me, it happened when it happened. I, I mm-hmm. met a person and they like as a friend and they came into my life and they became more than a friend and it just kind of grew and just felt right. And for me, you know, I don't believe in God. That's, uh, but I do, it felt at least kind of faded or like it happened the way it was supposed to. And so I don't know. I mean, you do have to put yourself out there to a degree, I guess. Again, another cliche, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> I like this is what happened to me too with the person I'm married to now. Like I didn't, uh, he, he had asked me on a date like twice before I finally was just like, does he actually like me though? Or does I, I was constantly in my head of just like, no, this person doesn't actually like me. This person doesn't actually want to go on a date with me. This person doesn't actually want to kiss me. Just telling me myself all these stupid things. And I needed a friend to push me to be like, go on a fucking date with this guy. Like, just do it. And, and it's been kind of just a whirlwind things from there. And I, I don't regret it at all. But if you asked me, you know, two days before our date, I would have said, I'm afraid I, I should just not go to it. There, so. There's a real actionable advice in that as far as like uh, putting yourself out there. But also I think it's very easy when you are in that state, when you're very uh, lonely uh, mm-hmm. And you can get self-doubtful and then you become an unreliable narrator uh, mm, to yourself. So yeah. you're going to start shooting things down. So having trusted people around who care about you, who are not in a romantic sense, mm-hmm. uh, who understand like how this is impacting you and actually care, you know, like get, get your ride or die friends like behind <laughs> this and, and uh, having somebody around to be like, no, this is, this is the signal. Yeah. Like, yes, this is real. No, you don't have to feel like this is going to be like a candid camera. You're not going to get, you know, <laughs> Ashram Ketchum pranked. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, um, my story's uh, different than Henry's, but as somebody who is single now, I'm, I've, I have confidence issues as I'm assuming this person does. Sorry if you don't, I'm, I'm not sure what it is going on here, but, uh, I feel like, uh, the things that might sound, you know, uh, obvious are practical things that do work. And Gary, you're right. Do put yourself out there. I mean, these, mm-hmm. these, these could sound very glib. It's like telling a depressed person, get confident, stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, right. if yeah. I was, if, if I was back in my single days and hearing this, I would have just said like, F you. I've heard that yeah. a million times. Like, I get that. Yeah. yeah. But it, I mean, oh, 
I was going to say, like, again, th- these might sound glib, but I'm sorry if they do, but uh, I would say do things for yourself that make you feel more empowered to, uh, you know, date people or mm-hmm. meet meet people to get in relationships with. Like, I don't know uh, what you're like, but maybe try working out. Maybe that would make you feel better about yourself or getting a new wardrobe. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. I feel like those all sound very, again, glib, like t- t- telling depressed people to work out and feel better. It takes a lot to actually get the motivation to work out and stuff like that. But uh, I agree with both of you in that um, – I, I don't believe historically anyone has ever flirted with me in my 36 <laughs> years, but it's like I, I never pick up on that because I just have no confidence sometimes. And my friends will be like, she was flirting with you. I was like, you told, you're telling me now? Like, yeah. I, I, I can't read this stuff at <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah. But um, I feel like you you need somebody there to be in your corner and to be like, like, go for it. Because right. if if you're not, if you're, if you're so unsure, you're just paralyzed and you can't do anything. Um you uh you will never you will never make that move and i will also say like don't uh you can also i I think just meeting people and getting to know different types of people you couldn't you could meet a woman who you're interested in and then figure out it's like oh no this is a friend now and like yeah and and yahtzee yeah yeah. that's that's great yeah that's that's okay i mean Mm -hmm. specifically the letter refers to main refers to um knowing you know thinking that some people were interested in the past, you know, so having that kind of, I mean, again, this is cliche city right now, but a lot of cliches are good for a reason, right? Like they, they became for a reason, like having a wingman and not in the gross sense, like yeah. we're out to do prowling, <laughs> but having a good friend who can spot some of those signals. Um, if, if this is somebody who is uh, straight and cis, um, like a lady, like have, have female mm-hmm. friends and have one of them with you can spot the, these signals. I find. Oh, oh, for sure. That's yeah. like significantly easier. Um, and one of the things about putting yourself out there, both of you guys talked about putting yourself out there. And I think that, um, the corollary or not the corollary, the asterisk you have to add to that is that, uh, you can't put yourself out there and then a, like that might be a, a long haul as well. Mm-hmm. You might be putting yourself out there for a long time. And then that could mean, um, going out and doing activities, uh, things that you like. Um, you know, so then, you have, it's not wasted time. You went and did something you like. You did mm-hmm. it because you liked it and you might meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Or if it's going out and meeting people in general, uh, like you said, Bob, like you might make a friend. It might not be a romantic thing. Uh, that reconceptualize in your head that approach so that is okay and even good. Like that's desired. Yeah, yeah. like don't don't be disappointed if it doesn't work or if you don't meet anybody because you, you might not, uh, you know, the first few times you try it. But I, I would say... Like, the more people you know, the more single people you will meet. And, yeah. then, like, some people, I mean... This... Friends of friends and sisters yeah. and roommates. Well, like, going and, to improv classes and... yes. or signing up for classes. Yeah. Like, that really helps. Like, yep. night classes. It's That's really where people meet each other. It's not... I, I don't want to project onto them, but it's also, like, a fear of, like... I don't want to just go to a bar and meet people. Yeah, well, that, that, like, yeah that's, that's not what it is. That's very fraught. Like, so, like, adult activities, and in, in the lowercase adult... Uh, manner of speaking. And then also, if you go through online dating, um, you might have a profile up for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Get another set of eyes on it. Uh, preferably somebody who is of the same like orientation and gender as the person you want to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have them take a look at it and scan it for for, for flags. You know, Make mm-hmm. sure you're not coming off yeah. worse than you are. <laughs> um, and then that might just be there for a while. Mm-hmm. That might be, you know, up. Yeah, and uh, you know, this also reminds me of a... Uh, Andy Richter had this humorous essay in this book called uh, things i've learned from the women who dumped me and one of them was his about like body confidence which i definitely uh could agree with or or understood like he talked about how 
he thought he would never date anybody even into college because he's just like the thought of another woman – of a woman seeing me naked was so mm-hmm. terrifying I would never want to do that. And so that that can also really get in your head and you kind of have to – especially if you have like trust issues mm-hmm. about that stuff. It can – that can also be really scary and I think too like the – exercising more or just like finding not not me not getting into great shape or anything but just being active more even if you're not like losing weight or to with a specific fitness goal in mind just being active more reminds you that you have a body and you're not just like thinking yeah. about it in the abstract right it's very easy for people with internal lives and, and i'm going to use this word non-dismissively but like nerds and dorks mm-hmm. to think of themselves as there's you and then there's your body Mm-hmm. Like I have a brain and that's the golden center of me and that's where the source of any of my praise or any of my like advantages or talents are. And then there's my body, which is this dumb robot that carries <laughs> it around. Uh, and that's a not a help. That's a way that's to pathologize your body. So like being active is going to help mm-hmm. help you not do that if that's you know an issue. Another thing that I want to address though with the letter is that that might not be an issue. This person mm-hmm. might not have yeah. confidence issues. Um, it could just – it can be bad luck. And that sounds like, oh, 30 years, that can't be bad luck. Yes, it can. Like, it, you know, depending on where you live, um, you know, a lot of times, like, you can meet somebody who is perfect for you in circumstances. Like, a lot of things have to go right to mm-hmm. get into a good, successful relationship. Like, both people have to be approachable uh, with that. They have to, like, actually meet, which is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, because something – never think that because th- something hasn't happened, it can't. Yeah. Um, there's capacity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean <clears> – <throat> Last thing I'll say is that I think the the last question, like, should I stop trying and be happy as I am? I mean, there are people who, like, they they never are in a relationship in their life and they are happy. But if, you, if you're starting you're to feel lonely and wish yeah. you had somebody to share it with, like, yep. Ralph Nader seems like a very happy guy who's never been in a relationship <laughs> for his whole life. But, uh, so, but if. If you're starting to feel lonely and you wish you had someone to share it with, like that. You've already answered that question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, then you can't, then it doesn't sound like ultimately you are happy staying alone. Like I, I had those feelings too of just like, well, I do like the freedom of being alone, but boy, this, uh, this comedy show I just went to would have been a lot more fun if I was leaving this with a, with a partner who we could talk about this with. Instead, I'm walking away alone and it mm-hmm. just moments like that kind of really deflate just anything in life without a without a partner in it yeah and and i also want to point out too just for for the the writer is that like that feeling is not something that you feel and people who are more like quote unquote this isn't the wrong this is the wrong word but like successful romantically don't feel right so mm-hmm. people who have been in relationships uh those relationships end most relationships end they have long periods of feeling the same way that you feel mm-hmm. not for as long or anything like that but it's you're feeling a very human thing it's not something that you are a special weirdo who feels that that thing like this is part of the human condition i'm not saying that to say buck up i'm saying that in solidarity like your friends like probably even if they're with somebody now probably know how you're feeling um i know how you're feeling like we know how you're feeling with that so don't feel alone in that Know that it's something you can circum, you can get past and push through because everybody does. And I think ultimately you should not feel shame. Absolutely uh, not about any yeah. of this. 
Yeah. For sure, and we were—I think we're all rooting for you too. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you will be. You know, you have. You know, I can never say whether someone's going to be okay because a lot of that is luck. But you have capacity to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should not. Uh, you know, being hopeless is the wrong kind of posture for this. And as you kind of uh, start taking steps and feeling a little bit better, that will help in general. You'll project more of that. And also say uh, thirty is is young. Yeah, and thirty I, is absolutely young. I think everyone is just a, a raging shithead in their twenties, and yeah. maybe it's good that you're starting at thirty. Like. Well, well, I'm like in American society, the feeling like if you're, if you've never, if you've not had sexual experience in your 20s, then you're, you may as well not be a person. You're not a real person yet. Like, which is yeah. just, that is bad messaging it's in awful. our society. Like I, I had sex sooner than I should have because mm-hmm. of pressures, you know, to that. And like got into a relationship with somebody I should not have been in a relationship with by any means uh, because of that, that kind of thing. There's no governing body to any of this. It just feels like there is like movies and TV are not models mm-hmm. like they do not measure yourself to those things so that 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 40 year old virgin movie that mm-hmm. did so much harm <laughs> uh yeah. yeah well i'm really glad this guy did not run with it in the direction so many oh it's, it's a per, i don't know the, the gender or whatever i'm sorry <laughs> but a lot of people run with this uh idea and they become angry and this mm-hmm. person does not seem angry and that's good so i i would say you have, you have that going for you at least you did not make this your identity and hate whatever mm-hmm. you're going after as, as something that you are owed or that you deserve. I, I, I appreciate that you are doing very well if, if this is your takeaway from your situation and you're not angry and online yelling at people because of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's tons of hope for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not hopeless. Um, that is about all of the time that we have here on Heartbeat City. Uh, Bob, you first. Where can people find you online? Yeah, th- uh, hit me up at Bob Servo. That's basically it. Yeah. And Henry? I'm on Twitter at, at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, where you'll see me uh, comment on things and uh, try to stay happy. <laughs> no, we're, we're all just trying to uh, to stay happy. That's true. Um, as always, if you have questions for Heartbeat City, you can call in and leave us a message at one five zero two sixty nine hb beat or you can write in at gary at duckfeed.tv. And until next time, keep on feeling. Heartbeat City is intended for advice only and is not responsible for the consequences of following any such advice. If you have questions for Heartbeat City, please call in at 502-69-HBEAT or write in at gary at duckfeed.tv. Heartbeat City is produced by Boxer Kwan and Bryce Salad. Thank you.